1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Celtic cruise through to the next round of Champions League qualifying with a 6-0 win. The transfer rumour mill goes into overdrive with Tom Rogic and Ryan Kent linked with moves away from Glasgow and Lyndon Dykes seals his big money move to QPR. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Mark Weedy. Yeah, with the English teams back uh, in training now, Gordon preparing for uh, their new season uh, in September the 12th, the transfer market is well and truly up and running. Ryan Kent, is he a £10 million target for Leeds United, the Premier League new boys? And Tom Rogic, is he set for a £5 million move away to Qatar? And for Celtic, they will find out tonight who they play next week in the next qualifier of the Champions League, either Ferenc Varus of Hungary or Dear Gardens of Sweden so another tasty time prospect for Celtic and they'll be delighted to get 90 minutes under their belt and a convincing one as you said 6-0 yeah two home games for Celtic uh, 11 goals scored only one conceded so um, you know obviously Celtic Park uh, even without the fans is, uh, is proving a very difficult uh, place uh, for any other team to go to we thought that perhaps not having fans might help the opposition certainly that's not been the case in the, in the first couple of games at Celtic Park but uh, you know from uh, you know going forward obviously it was a very very convincing win and, and, a, and a comfortable performance and, and I think all the Celtic fans will be looking to see who their next opponent's going to be I think it's just a 6 o'clock kickoff tonight Gordon yeah I think it's just started yeah yeah 0141951025 that's the number you need and I'm delighted to say what a good guest we've got for you in the second hour of tonight's show we're going to be catching up with Kieran Tierney just after 7 o'clock so much to get through with a player of his calibre he talk, he's going to be talking Arsenal I'm sure Celtic Scotland various topics to, to get through with him so uh, we're looking forward to hearing from what, him, Mark what an interview that is you get all the big names don't I you I don't know Kieran about that Tierney. that'll be a belter don't miss that one Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi that's as big a name as we need in here on a Wednesday night 01419511025 we will speak to Kieran after 7 o'clock uh, but in the meantime we want to hear from you on the phones or on Twitter at Clyde SSB lots happening in Scottish football all the time really Ryan Kent 10 million to Leeds that's the story this afternoon Rangers fans it's early days what what would you make of that we'll get round to that one Tom Rogic similar situation let's start with last night it makes sense the big qualifier in the east end of Glasgow Celtic cruising through to the next round of the Champions League qualifying with a 6-0 win over KR Reykjavik Elianusi got two Julian Taylor Edward uh, I think the other one went down as an own goal as the guys have mentioned Ferenc Varos or Djurgarden next so quite simply what did you make of it obviously not the strongest opposition but what did you learn from it you must have learned something 0141 951 1025 uh, job done easily Jim yeah I mean I watched the game and, and I just think you know scoring that early goal for five minutes I think um, you know just uh, just allowed Celtic really to, to dictate the game after that um, the opposition weren't good enough um, you know there's, there's no denying that but uh, Celtic had to go about their business and there are, have been occasions where we've looked at the opposition and thought they're not good enough but they've They've still managed to create a few problems, but uh, that certainly wasn't the case last night. So scoring very early on and scoring very late on uh, for Elanusi in the 90th minute, but it was a comprehensive victory, as I said, and a very comfortable performance and, and an ideal night for Neil Lennon, having missed a couple of games through, you know, being um, you know the mm. season being curtailed, domestic uh, season. So that was actually the, almost the perfect game uh, to go into. No injuries. 
could give a jetty and uh, and Kamala Kamala a, a bit of more game yep. time brought in Cham on all these kind of things. So to me, it was uh, it was a perfect. Um, Platform for them to play Dundee United this weekend. Okay, what did you make of it last night? 0141 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. I guess some of you will link in Tom Rogic with that. You can do that as well. Do whatever you like. Uh, give us a call or tweet at Clyde SSB. Neil Lennon says he kept asking for more from his players against Reykjavik. He saw plenty of positives and hopes the game time will help brush off some early season cobwebs. Yeah, good. Good night's nice work. Really important to get 90 minutes and into the legs and obviously negotiate the tie as well. Score six goals and keep a clean sheet. Very good. So yeah, I'm pleased with uh, a lot of that tonight. No, but we we asked them at half time because they need the games. You know, they need the any lethargy or rust or you know lack of match practice. They need to get through it. You know, and um, I've been there myself. So it was important to you know increase, try and increase the intensity and get the game into their legs. We've got a big couple of weeks coming up now, so it's important we keep a focus now. The ten days off didn't help, you know, and. We've only had two competitive games up until now, you know, where a lot of teams have already had four and five. So a little bit of catch up, but um, yeah, I do think they'll benefit from whether they're completely there yet. I mean, there'll be some in the squad, you know, like in Sean, for example, when he played you know, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, you know. So for the likes of El Hamed and Beaton, for example, it was very, very good for them. Came through it okay. And for the rest of them, you know, to get the, another really good 90 minutes is important. So it's basically. You know, hopefully we're over that hump now and we, we go on there. Mark Reedy, is there a slight no-win element to, to that stage of qualification where it's part-time opposition, so not winning the game is completely out of the question. Struggling to win the game is also out of the question, so you're almost expected to run in a few goals, but to get six, that must at least fill, fill Neil Lennon with a good few positives. Yeah, I'd be absolutely delighted uh, with that, you know, just to get a game of football under their belts, get them through to the next round and scoring six goals, keeping a clean sheet getting some guys game time which they'll, they'll, they'll be badly needing you know not forgetting Gordon I've got a right tough game Saturday night um, against Dundee United at Tannadice live on Sky so you know that'll be uppermost uh, on his mind now um, you know like Sir Julian who came in for a lot of criticism after the Kilmarnock game getting on the score sheet being part of a, a clean sheet and um, you know just moving it on so I you'll be absolutely d- delighted with that right Brian's a Celtic fan on the line what did you make of it last night Brian are you able to take anything away from a game like that aye of course I think it was a really good exercise good evening guys aye um, Hi, Brian I thought it was a really good exercise and now I mean years gone by we've uh, had banana skins at this point and other you know non-fancy teams but no I think we've really done well last night there was a few good a few really good um, things come out of it. Um, I think the, the team worked in ethic. The, the, the way that they were, regardless of the opposition, they were, um, they were really wanted to work for each other. Maybe on the back of the last game against um, Kilmarnock, uh, they've, they've had a wee here, you know, they've no right to win any game. So to win it in the manner they did. But I wanted to pick up on a few things. Obviously, I want to talk about Roderick, possibility of leaving before, so that will come at the end if you don't mind. But the goal from Edward was a thing of absolute sheer beauty. I've watched it about maybe 20 times since. And I've, I've actually tried to work out how he done what he done in touch. Five, six, and then seven was the goal. He seemed to have some sort of magnetic connection between his feet. Now, I know what we're saying defensively, these guys, but the, the space in which he done what he done, and he wasn't the best player in the park, by the way, but that 
that whole I hope that no scouts were watching I hope Celtic don't allow the TV to show it because this <laughs> too late be, Brian too late I know mate I know mate you've just changed your voice to 20 seconds Brian <laughs> yeah he was that added at least 5 million wouldn't it <laughs> ah come on no way. Oh, okay then, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's a fair point though, Brian. I mean, clearly something that did catch the eye, Jim. Individual yeah. brilliance. Yeah, I mean, it was it was brilliant. It was quick feet. I mean, you get the, the wee bit of break of the ball as well, which you need when you're positive. But listen, you know, we've waxed lyrical about Ed, Edward. Uh, you know, you know, for 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 a good number of months now, and uh, you know, again, he he was one of those ones where you could almost see he was a kind of bit of a frustrating night because Celtic were carving, uh, you know, almost chance after chance, and he wasn't in the end of them. There was a couple of great balls flashed across the goal, and you're thinking, you know, is he going to get that goal? And then he just took it upon himself, really, you know, and and just kind of meandered through them all and yeah I mean it was pretty poor defending but it was a fantastic goal uh, individual goal and as I said he's just got that composure at the end of it I think that for me as much as the, the dancing feet was great you know for me the composure right at the end just to just to you know just caress it into the corner there but you know not, he knew exactly what he was doing he's got that calmness about him uh, and then as I said you know that that's just the quality but listen I've said before if, if, if people aren't aware of Edward by now as I said you know they're not doing their jobs properly he's, he's been an exception Exceptional talent. Um, I slightly disagree with Gordon Strachan, who was who was doing the the the, the co commentary last night or the pundit. He was saying he doesn't see him as a number nine at all. He said he's in fact he said he's not a number nine. He's a number ten. I'm not too sure. I think I think he's both, but I think he's Aye. every bit as capable of playing as us an out and out centre forward as he is at dropping mm. into the pocket. And I think in modern day football. He's the perfect example of what you would want in your team because he can play up top, he can play on the shoulder, he can drop off, he can link up with his teammates. And to me, you know, uh, if, if scouts eventually do take away from Celtic, they'll have an exceptional talent. I would... Uh, can I come back in? Of course you can. Floor is yours. Right. So I would like to make... Before, and I know it's rumours and everything, but I think, uh, Roderick, it's the right time for... Uh, big Tommy, big Tommy go. He is etched in the history of Celtic books, and in a hundred years, they will know the name of Tom Roger. Not in the seventy-eight years that he's been here, he's only played a hundred and something games, and he's, he's injured. So it tells me, it tells me one or two things that he's, he's not so much that he's injury prone. I just don't think he likes the inclement weather. <laughs> I, I actually heard this from someone who knows. Someone else that uh, he, he doesn't like the weather. He doesn't like it, but I don't blame him. To be fair, Brian, it gets you no, down after a while. Yeah, listen, today today's weather's been fabulous. That's been alright. Anyway, no, but what I'd like today is I'd like to remind Celtic fans. I mean, the only the only people that never leave Celtic are the Celtic fans. All Celtic players, every single Celtic player, will either leave or will be you know through the door or you know or thanked for what they've done. But he will be remembered for something, the invincible treble goal. And that to me, you know, that, that's as big as any other big landmarks mm. in, the, in, the, in the club's history. He was he, he is a thorn in the side of our better rival Rangers. He scores, he seemed to save everything for them. Um, come on, because we have some new thing about it. But um, I just think that at this point in his career, He's too good a player to be sitting on the Celtic bench, and at what at what expense would you force him in there? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a fair point, Brian. Let's see what the guys 
think so the story this afternoon uh, emerging that the Tom Rogic is a target for a team in Qatar Celtic looks set to land somewhere in the region of £4 million for him Jim have you ever can you remember many other players where it's so split between how good he is on his day and the fact that you know what you might actually take that because he's very rarely fit and available yeah, I think he has probably been fit, but he did. I mean, for for whatever reason, you know, the, out of those hundred and seventy odd games, whatever, as Brian said, I it's, don't it's less than fifty percent. I think that I he's think, featured in. I would also of, think of the available I games. I would also think ninety minutes would be very few in those games as well. Four times last season, I you think. know. So, so there's obviously something that just didn't quite, you know, he didn't quite get with it. Maybe the I'm not. I don't know. I think it's the weather. Maybe the, the the actual style of Scottish football, the demands of pressing and working, and you know, under. Neil Lennon under Brendan Rodgers under these kind of guys they really demand you know working hard off the ball and he's not that type of player he's a wee bit of a luxury but listen he's a fantastic footballer he's great on the ice scores some fantastic goals and um, you know I think if he's been in Scotland for over seven years I don't think the weather's too bad if, it's, if he's there seven months and you want to move I think that's different mm. uh, but I think that you know yeah I I think the biggest thing is he needs to play and maybe whether it's the Middle East or, or whether it's Spain or something maybe the game's a little bit slower I think that would definitely suit him better And Mark it would be quite a, a turn up if he left due to a vitamin D deficiency I don't think that I, I don't think there's any suggestion that, that that's actually what's behind it um, well, Brian knows someone to be fair again similar question to you w- would that be the right decision for Celtic because he, he's good on his day but how often do you get the day? No, I, um, I would if, if you're getting four or five million quid for Tom Rogic, uh, I would let him go. Uh, I would sell him for sure. And if he is get a move lined up to Qatar, he will be quids in as well. So it'll be good for him. As Brian said, that the, the 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 invincible treble season scored the winning goal in the cup final against Aberdeen last minute or two uh, for the best part of a season under Brendan Rodgers. He was a thorn in, in, in Rangers' side. You know, Rangers just couldn't cope with him. Tactically, the way he just drifted about, so, you know, such an intelligent um, player. But he's not featured recently. You know, I think if they say to Celtic fans, I more importantly say to Neil Lennon, you've got a choice. You might lose uh, Callum McGregor or you know uh, Elanusi or, or, or Scott Brown or Tom Rogers. Who do you take? And I think all day long, Neil would say, well, if I have to lose one, uh, we'll lose Tom Rogers. But a terrific servant. Neil signed them the first time round uh, seven, eight years ago. And um, he's played a significant part in the past few years, but um, I don't mean he wouldn't be a loss. But I don't think he would How be badly he, missed. How old is he now? It'd be what late twenties. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, we've not got him gone yet. I mean, it's, there's still a bit of work to be done, but clearly yeah. there are, there's a bit of strength behind um, the rumour mill at the moment. So just trying to get a, a flavour of what Celtic fans think of it. Thanks to Brian. Let's bring Jerry in on, on the same topic first, Jerry. If that's okay, what do you make of that story this afternoon? Is that something you would be disappointed to see happen? Um, hi Gordon Well if he said to me A couple of years ago I would have been disappointed But I think the guys are right Tom Rogers has been A magnificent servant For us The, the goals he scored Against Rangers um, Ben Rogers Second season Obviously the cup final uh, The invincible season um, But I think the time is right I think it's, it's Similar to Lee Griffiths Obviously different reasons You never get a full season For Tom Rogic He's always going to be Injured at certain points In the season And I think The travelling It was not like Shinsuke Nakamura as well I think the, the travelling Must take out of you like all those long haul flights constantly, um, every every so often. Um, so as they say, four million pounds. I think I think that's probably a, a good deal for us. Um, we are going to get other players that I think if we got Turnbull in, that would be good. Um, but you've got McGregor, you've got Incham, still got Scott Brown, Ryan Christie. I think you know I would take the money now. As as I love Tom Logic, but I think the time's probably yeah. right for me to move on. I must admit, Jim, I, I knew it wouldn't take long before someone joined up those dots. Mm-hmm. Is that something that? speeds up 
Celtic's pursuit of David Turnbull if Tom Rogic leaves? Well, if they are still into, I know there's there's obviously the suggestion that they're, they're, you know they were looking to make sure everything was was okay and that he's back. Obviously, he scored a terrific goal last week, and he, you know he's, he's maybe got a bit to find yet, just in terms of sharpness. But uh, you know, I, I would have I would have guessed that if Celtic think that everything's okay, you know, with the boy going forward, they were they, they'd made a substantial bid, accepted bid, had the medical, all these kind of things. So why would you then change your your mind? You know, I I, I would have thought that would have been on the, on the radar constantly, just. Making sure he was absolutely right. So if he is, and which it looks like it is, I would expect Celtic to go back in again. And yeah, but listen, they don't need to sell anybody, whether it's Tom Rogers. It's just, it's just there's a creative but, yeah. midfielder leaving a hole there. I, th- I think I think that's the type of thing. This is a goal scoring, you know, creative midfield player. He's young. He's he's one. F- you know, whether it's you know in a year or two's time, he can develop into a top top class player. So yeah, I think that uh, as much as you've got a VT in your eye, Gordon, I think that'll be something that'll uh, that'll certainly not go away uh, in the short term. Oh, if the full four million finds its way to an ML1 bank account, I'd, 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 I think the tear would dry up. Um, Mark, talk about injuries, lack of availability. Jerry's talking about travel. Brian was talking about weather. Is another factor in the lack of, of game time for, for Tom Rogic being the emergence of Ryan Christie because you forget where yeah. where he came from and how kind of sudden his impact on the team was yeah uh, you know Ryan Christie's been terrific for a couple of years uh, for Celtic and uh, yeah there's, you know there's, it just highlights the competition for places you know I think in Sham you know is a brilliant mm-hmm. football as well you know I think you know Celtic in this season of all seasons again if you to say to me uh, if you're Neil Lennon who would you rather keep Olivier and Sham or or Tom Rogic, I think I'd rather keep Olivier and Sham um, over the piece. And if David Turnbull's coming in, he's linked again today. Um, I, le- I really respect uh, John Collins' views on, on players. And, and I heard John, he was covering Hibs Motherwell at Easter Road and the way that he spoke about, again, David Turnbull's positional play, his weight of pass, his intelligence with the ball, without the ball. And he gave a glowing uh, assessment of him on Saturday night. Um, I think that David Turnbull is a good fit for Celtic nothing against Motherwell but considering what the boy went through Gordon this time last year it would be fitting for him to be allowed for his yeah. to move on and you know make a few quid never deny anybody uh, a few quid and Motherwell getting a few quid um, too and it would be another piece of the jigsaw for Celtic they're still in pursuit of Shane Duffy for that central defensive role so if you can get that kind of business done over the next week or two and you're getting another couple of boys out the door then it all makes yeah. sense uh, Jerry, what jumped out for you last night uh, you know El Yunusi scores twice we've already had praise for um, the Odson Edward goal what what did you take away from it? The player who actually turned up for me last night Gordon was Hatem El Hamid and I think he is a top quality player we didn't see enough of him last season but when we did he showed his quality and I think that you know, we all talked about Jeremy Frimpong in that right right back row, but I think El Hamid is going to be a major player for us this season. I think he's shown enough uh, last season and, you know, even though we didn't have great opposition last night, um, I think he could be a major thing for us, you know, defensively as well, because we need someone solid back there. I think Frimpong, fantastic going forward, but obviously I think there's, there's still question marks over his defensive play. I don't think there's any question marks over El Hamid's defensive uh, side of the game. Yeah, what did you make of those yeah. changes, Jim? Because I don't think too many people would have predicted that El Hamed would replace Frimpong and Beaton would replace Ayer. Yeah, I mean, again, it, I don't, I don't think we can sell to be any any stretch of imagination. You know, Celtic is such a strong squad, and it just give it gave um, you know Neil Lennon an opportunity to get. But I agree, with Jerry. I thought uh, you know he, he did very, very well. I mean, but I mean, again, we've got to put things in perspective. Yeah. He wasn't against any winger. You know, I saw anybody in a defensive situation, but he also 
Later on in the game when Celtic went with the two strikers, he just slotted into that right of a of a back three. So he, he gives Celtic that Not flexibility true. of doing that. Jerry and Co-winning, thank you very much for getting in touch tonight. We need to get some travel with Stephen. Uh, Rangers fans, Ryan Kent today has been linked with a ten million pound bid from Leeds. Is that worth considering, or are you not entertaining it? You tell us next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Lots of tweets coming in about Celtic last night. Tony says, big positive El Hamed getting 90 minutes, went fit. I think he could be our best defender. Rarely puts a foot wrong. Uh, and Kieran says, if Rogic goes, I expect Turnbull to sign. Cham should not be allowed to leave, though. Best midfielder in Scotland on his day and should be a starter over Brown. Nine out of ten games this season. I think it's time to face Bruni Oot, says Kieran. Uh, slightly, well, kind of similar uh, scenario for you Rangers fans today because there's a story in Emerging down south that Leeds are preparing a £10 million bid for Ryan Kent so would you entertain that or is it not even worth considering you tell us Thomas is in Bishop Briggs in fact Thomas has just disappeared Thomas's take was that they can't afford to lose him I think but he's gone uh, we'll try and get Thomas back what about Alan and Crawford good evening boys how are we good, good. good. how are you uh, £10 million for Kent I would grab it with both hands Firstly, I felt he was overpriced when we signed him. Great player, but I didn't think it was worth the cash. I would spend the money on Martin Boyle for Hibs, a speedy, goal-scoring, creative frontman, white man, and Lewis Ferguson for Aberdeen. And you'd still be left with a bucket load of cash, I think. Right, what do you think? Ryan Kent, ten on signed for seven. The the story goes that it's a ten million pound bid. Is that is that worth considering? Rangers I think yeah, it's worth considering whether you'd accept it or not it would depend on, on, on add-ons and, and different things uh, you know if Leeds survive in the Premier League next season then you could you know, you know could bump it up a bit and uh, certainly 10 million you know I'm not saying it's not a lot of money but for down the road it's not a lot and you can see English teams being interested in, in Kent at that kind of value I think at some point Rangers need to, to bring some money in Gordon have spent a lot of money not just this summer but going back over it and they, they need to find um, a way of going towards balancing the books. And I like Alan's idea, to be honest, because that, that would work. Uh, Martin Boyle, terrific player. Um, you know, every player would have his prize. Could Rangers go and get him from, from Hibs? I, I wouldn't see a problem. Mm-hmm. Lewis Fort Ferguson, uh, a long-time admirer of Lewis Ferguson, I think he would be. Is Martin Boyle as terrific. good as Ryan Kent, though? Hey, if you do offer one... You would say over a level, I would say Ryan Kent. But I think Boyle's been every bit, or if not more explosive, you know, when he gets going. And I don't think they're necessarily exactly the same players. No. They're, 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 they're different. But I can see why Alan's suggesting it. Um, I, I don't think it's a, a wild suggestion. I can see a lot of merit in it. But the bottom line is, does Stephen Gerrard want to lose him? I'd say no. But at some point, as I say, go back to the point. I think Rangers need to bring in money. Mm-hmm. You know that that stands to reason. And whether it's Ryan Kent or Alfredo Morelos or both, uh, the board will be looking to recoup something. But Lewis Ferguson, um, Aberdeen won't want to lose him. Um, but if Rangers could afford them, because um, he he'd cost a lot of money, I think it'd be a great signing for Rangers. Alan, totally get where you're coming from in, in the sense that you know that's your personal opinion. You you would grab it with both hands. You would sign Boyle and Ferguson. Up. Yep. How do you, how do you think that? How do you think the club? feel about it if that makes sense try and second guess them because Stephen Gerrard clearly loves Ryan Kent you know he was the big money signing the marquee signing he plays 
pretty much all the time taking that into account although you would do it do you think it's likely? As I say I felt as though he was overpriced a smashing player don't get me wrong he's a smashing player but seeing Boyle I think there's more goals than Boyle I really do I think that Ferguson in midfield I think would be a stand for Rangers just like dad and his uncle yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, again, everyone's got their opinions, and, and you know, who, who would who would they bring in if if, if Rangers got that tit of money? As as do the Liverpool have a percentage? You know, a little bit like you know where we know that the Queen of the South mm-hmm. had for for London Dykes. So you know, is is there something having to go back then, which would mean that you know Rangers would really only if, if if there is, you know, they might not be that far away from what they paid. So, like Matt said, for me, there would have to be. Substantial add-ons to, to get up to about fifteen anyway. So whether you sell them for ten initially, but another five if, if Leeds are staying in the Premier League further down the line. As far as the players are goes, listen, I like I like Martin Boyle, but I don't know if he'd suit playing with Rangers. And the reason I say that is because Ryan Kent wanders. You know, he doesn't hug the touchline. For me, when Martin Boyle can play through the middle as a striker, don't get me wrong, but they've, they've signed other strikers now. And if, when he plays wide, he, he, he stays wide. And, and to me, that I don't think that would suit the way Rangers play with Barisic and Tavernier. So I don't know if he'd quite suit the style. Um, I, I, I agree when I mean, he does score goals. And also, when you're playing with Hibs, you know, 50% of your games, if you want to call it that, you might have space in counter-attack. For instance, if you watch the, the Livingston game at the weekend... It was a four and a five, okay. So it was a, a, a back four and then a five in front of that, really deep, low block as they call it. And Rangers couldn't get in behind. Wee bit surprised for me. He brought on Brandon Barker, and I'm thinking, well, where's he going to run? Because he's a runner, but there's nowhere to run. Mm-hmm. So for me, you need that 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 kind of creative player that kind of drops off. And obviously, there's talking, you know, that Hadji didn't have his best game and stuff. But that to me is a kind of Martin Boyle st- style at Ibrox. Yeah, plenty mm-hmm. of space go for it but certain games away from home with Rangers with teams sitting back I don't know if it, it would be as effective as far as Lewis Ferguson concerned I think like Joe Aribo like Hadji I think that would be an ideal um, signing because he'll only improve not just from a, a team perspective but financially as well if you get him for something like 3 million now guarantee in 2 years time you'll treble your money mm-hmm. yeah I mean that's one on the line so far for you know take the money sort of thing but Graham R is on Twitter he says 10 million minus whatever Liverpool's cut is possibly leaves us at 7 and back to square one and needing to replace a key player now is not the time to be letting our best players go says Graham yeah and and, and I totally see that um, as well because it is such an important season Ryan Kent you look at his finish at Petaudry absolutely first class the composure that he showed and maybe that was something that he was lacking he was accused of lacking uh, last season so you look at that in the opening day you think yep he's, got, he's going to be right on it and right up for the challenge but it depends if the board first of all accept the bid has the player had his head turned because we know like the money is down south so listen he'll be on a handsome wage at Rangers but he could be potentially trebling his money to go back down uh, well Leeds not supposed to be interested before they came in I'm sure they were I'm sure there was interest from Leeds United initially you know sure. when they were in the championship but also playing in the Premier League it's, a, it's the biggest league in the world you know so you, I mean whether it's the best is another matter mm. but it's certainly the biggest in terms of finance and crowds and that stuff uh, so Graham on Twitter not having it um, what about Thomas and Barhead on the line hi Thomas hi guys um, Brian Kent is a really good player and he can offer that something a wee bit different um, is he's shown against um, not the Livingston game the game before 
However, the problem arises is does he do it often enough and can we depend on him to do it often enough? If he were a team in the Premiership in England, then you could afford to perhaps carry a player like that, bring him on as a, an impact player. However, in Rangers' position, when you're getting an offer of £10 million, and if that's the opening bid, then perhaps you could squeeze a wee bit more out of Leeds. Um, then I'm of the opinion it would then be too good an offer to refuse. Now, if Hugh was on... Uh, yeah, we'd have to replace him. And if Hugh was on, no doubt his comeback always is, who would you replace him with? Well, Thomas Wilson, not Ross Wilson. But I'm sure there are players out there that we could get and still have a wee bit of money in the bank because, as the guys are saying, we are spending a lot of money. Um, it, it's one of the... It's like deal or no deal when you get that... Horrible bid. Um, you know, if he was to offer you five, six million, I would say no. When you're getting ten million and beyond for Ken, I would say that's a pretty good deal. We're going to show a profit. We could get someone else in at this COVID time. You know, to like to take advantage of it. The players' values have dropped. We could possibly get a cheaper option and perhaps more consistent. Not uh, not as good when he plays well, but perhaps more consistent. Yeah, I mean, Mark Guidi, if this is deal or no deal, I think that makes you Noel Edmonds. I don't know how you feel oh, about that. Like but, that um, one of my favourites. Similar, on, on a similar line then to what we discussed with the previous caller and, and Thomas sort of hinting at it, it's all right for, for you or Jim or myself or, or callers to say, yeah, you know, he's not consistent enough, that, that's decent money. But I go back to it, you don't get the impression from the club that he's someone that they would be desperate to sell. No. And at 10 million, having sold him, having bought him for seven, it's not exactly... Oh my goodness, we couldn't possibly yeah. turn it down money. So yeah. d- w- w- would you imagine Rangers would, would be a bit hesitant? I don't think they would accept 10. Uh, and I could see why they wouldn't accept it because you're dealing with a cash-rich club. Uh, now, you know, I think if you're talking 12 and upwards with, with you know, major add-ons, then, yep, yeah, I can see the minute that. But, but 10... No, no, I, I would told out. I would told out for more. Yeah, I mean, Mark Robson, he's actually got some suggestions, so I'll uh, I'll, I'll get to them in a second. Uh, but Thomas is right. You you are not Ross Wilson, um, Thomas. Just in terms of the, the the optics of it, if you like, I know ten million is decent money, Thomas. Of course it is. But again, you know, he was the big signing last season. He was the sort of marquee signing. This is a pretty important season. In case you hadn't noticed, would it, is it is it the right time to give in to that sort of money, Thomas? It is if. And again, we've got Ross Wilson in place. It is, and again, ten million is the opening offer. If what I'd said initially was, if we can squeeze that extra couple of million sure, out of sure. Leeds, you're getting up towards eleven, twelve. Then, if you've got Ross, Will, Ross Wilson, he will no doubt have options. I mean, it's not just in the Scottish League, but in, he'll have scanned Europe, and hopefully there would be someone that you could bring in at a reasonable price. And my my, my big thing is, it's the consistency level, and that's what, what that's what we need. To, to stop 10 yep great when he, when he plays great and that goal he scored the other week absolutely superb first class plus the one against Celtic but if you put that in over everything he did last season and thus far this season does it give you value for your 7 million in such an important mm-hmm. season that's what that's where I'm kind of struggling a wee bit with and if you were, if you were to get that extra couple of million at elites and you can perhaps bring in someone established because we, we do need that that bit of magic that, that's lacking just now as was shown against Livingston yeah. and it's something a pundit had said that the best player at Livingston was Joe Aribo because he didn't play and it showed how much <laughs> we missed him and I actually took that on board Aribo playing he can give you that wee bit of magic that Kent can give you um, and Aribo seems to have shown more of a maturity and more improvement thus far this season than 
I think Kent has, but that's obviously just yeah. been a bit. Yeah, bit, Gordon. I, I felt Kent actually was Rangers' most dynamic player against them in the sense of don't get me wrong he didn't play at his best I don't think any Rangers play with but he was hungry you know he showed a real appetite for the game he kept trying to get in the ball yeah sometimes I said to me wanders all over the place and that, that I mean listen he might have been given free license go and try and, but he was trying to influence the game he was trying to be positive he had shots at goal you know he was taking people on didn't always come off so a couple of times the ball stuck under his feet and all that stuff might be the pitch might be just one of those days it wasn't a perfect but I felt he had a real appetite for the, for the game and you know that's something uh, you know in the in the past you might have thought well is he really up for it but I think he did so I, I think he's a type of boy that really loves playing for Rangers he wants to play for Rangers so unless it's a, an exceptional offer the board accept I don't think he'll be knocking any doors because I think he loves playing yeah. for Rangers and wants to play for Rangers Good call Thomas plenty to think about that was Thomas in Barhead don't forget after 7 o'clock tonight we're going to be speaking to Kieran Tierney so many things to talk to him about given the season that he's just had given the career that he's already had uh, so very much looking forward to that one after 7 o'clock uh, in the meantime though, this is the ideal time to call 01419511025 and it could be you after the travel with Stephen 01419511025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Lots happening in Scottish football Celtic winning in Europe last night Rumours that Ryan Kent and Tom Rogic could be on their way out of Glasgow And don't forget just after 7 we're going to be speaking to Kieran Tierney on the show as well So don't miss that one But let's speak to James in Paisley first of all James Ryan Kent, would you entertain the bid? Would you not even consider it somewhere in between? Certainly not. Not at this time in the season, especially not this season as well. But um, the reason I was actually wanting to phone up was about the, one of the points Jim touched on about Ryan Kent being a wanderer. Now, I'm not comparing Ryan Kent to Raheem Sterling, not in the same bracket, but he's kind of like our Raheem Sterling, where he drags players out of position, he does travel around the whole park, giving other people the chance to do things and kind of express their freedom, like Joe Rebo and things like that. So I, th- I certainly think that kind of taking these stats and just putting them in a, a kind of pigeonhole with stats isn't really fair. He does so much more than that. Yeah, what do you make of that, Jim? Because, you know, people are quick to point to Ryan Kent's goal return and assist return and say it's not good enough. I guess there's more to it than that. Yeah, but I, I think it's where you, you go, uh, Thomas. I, I think that, uh, you know, to me, sometimes you, you can be too much, you know, you can go and want the ball too much. So, in, in other words, you, you almost intimidate people to give you the ball all the time. And, you know, sometimes you just allow your other players and you can still create space by being clever and not moving there's a lot of players that will just stay there and say right okay come towards me and that leaves space so it all depends on what the other players are doing you, you, you're right Avibo is a terrific player and being just one interchange I've heard Stephen Gerrard saying listen as long as they, they you know they stay the shape you know, the, you know it's 4-3-3 three, three or whatever it doesn't matter where they end up but there's got to be an end product and there's got, it's got to be efficient it's got to work and at times I, I just think he's just too much he's just a wee bit too much for me and, and a couple of times I thought why don't you just sit, sit there and be a wee bit more patient and I think that that might give him uh, a little bit more opportunity because when he's 1v1 he's very very good um, but the, because he comes into the crowd so much um, I just think that as I said listen you know Barisic goes up the line Tavernier goes up the line I understand that's how Rangers play but you're, you're then saying about effectiveness so if James Forrest for instance is getting 17 goals or whatever it happens to be a season if he gets into double figures in goals Absolutely, because then he is finding those pockets in dangerous areas. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times for me, he's just a wee bit, 20 yards maybe too deep, trying to get on the ball. And and that's just a boy who loves the game, wants to get on the ball. But I think 
he's just he's still got things to learn yeah. and for me do it in more effective areas uh, James let me be absolutely clear just in case people are just joining us that this has got a long way to go this is just a report that's coming out from down south um, that Leeds are preparing a £10 million bid so we've not got them leaving Glasgow quite yet but is there anything about that fee James you know you're against it what, what, what would it take then is there a figure that, that would tempt you well, it's hard because if you a figure that would tempt me would probably be out with the value of the player. Do right. you know what I mean? It's just yep. I think it's um, he's almost um, too valuable to let go. Even though he's not as obviously we're kind of touching on, he's not maybe doing as much as he could do. And I think with Jim saying about Joe Rebo and him, they are very young, and I think they will learn as well. And I think you're starting to see that a bit of improvement, maybe like a full seat pre-season under Ryan Kent's belt, and we're getting a wee bit more in product already. So I think he's only going to get better. But I mean, if you're talking about figures, I really don't know. But I mean, to let him go, and as you somebody touched on it with one of the points, the Liverpool. It might be ten percent, maybe more as well. So, I mean, it might not be worth selling them for ten. You might have to. I mean, we would never get double, but you'd have to be talking about double for it even to be kind of to make sense. Yeah, Mark, you would need a because I mean, James mentions it himself, the significance of the season and everything else, and, and the timing. You would be need to be pretty confident in your contingency plan, wouldn't you? Yeah, and that's the key to Gordon. You know, what have you got uh, lined up, or, or does? You know, as, as Stephen Gerrard's hand forced in terms of the money made at the club, you know, need to put to put something through. Like I say, because there's, there's been a lot of money spent. There's still been a lot of money spent week on week, and there's not been a lot uh, coming in. So at some point, y- you would expect Rangers need to sell something. We all think it's going to be Morelos, but if they're not getting the fee that they're looking for at the moment for Morelos, and bear in mind there's still six weeks of the transfer window to go, so a lot can happen. Um, but I don't think ten million quid is. They'll go, oh, I we'll go. And, We'll drive him down to Leeds to get the no. deal done. It's not. It's not that. You know, upwards of twelve with really good add-ons. Yes, but does Steven Gerrard a think well? You know what? And Kimar Roof, I've seen an improvement in Brandon Barker. Well, yeah, I think we can go with that um, or not. But I'd be very surprised if he'd want to lose Ryan Kent. I think he's, he's too integral to what yeah, he wants. A real split on this one. Mark Robson says take the ten million, but negotiate add-ons. He's even got a list. He says go to Newcastle and ask about Jacob Murphy and loan or Fulham for knockout. What do you think? <laughs> Well, no, we well, are getting ahead of get ourselves. Load, but, yeah. I mean, for example, if you're the board and you think you, know, you take Jacob Murphy as an example, and I know it was it was in one of the Sunday papers at the weekend, so there'll, there'll definitely be merit in that story. So it could well be we know how these things work. Duff knows better than than us. It could well be that Rangers are aware that there's an interest in Ryan Kent, have been aware for for a number of weeks, and they're looking at a contingency plan. So if you're saying we can sell Ryan Kent for ten, twelve, fourteen million quid. And we bring in Jacob Murphy on loan as a replacement. Mm-hmm. See, when you're the manager and it's this season, it doesn't matter if it's a loan or permanent, yeah. it's all about the next nine months and getting the job done. Craig says the expectation of Kent is huge. I'm confident he'll come good. We can't entertain Leeds' interest. I'm sure he's a big part of Gerard's plans, does more than score goals. His off-the-ball work is invaluable to the team. Thank you very much, James and Paisley. You're a good man. Hopefully we'll catch up with you soon. Let's see what Michael in Greenock has got for us hi Michael alright Gordon thanks for taking my call hello Pleasure. Mark hello Jim hi Michael how are you alright I just want to talk about Tom Rogic mm-hmm. yeah. that'll be a big loss to the Celtic squad this, when that boy if he's if he's leaving right enough because I think he's for his seven years he's done here in Scotland he's been he's been an absolute legend as I say I know I heard uh, Mark saying earlier on he's been ugly injuries and that he struggles to play 90 minutes and that but he always knows very, he always knows very paystack as when he comes off the bench and he's never let any his managers down. He never let Brendan down. He never let Neil Lennon down. When he put him on, he always scored the goals at winners of cups and winners of leagues. So 
I thought I would do. Maybe you think, well, you're a bit of that, no? Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, we'll say, I think, I mean, Gordon Dale is not here tonight. Gordon Hings was one of Gordon's favourite players over the last few years. Gordon was always he's, watching he's, him. He's so fickle, though. You, you, you know, <laughs> in his personal life, he moves on quickly as well. And he's yeah. done that, for, um, you know, I think Frimpong's his new favourite. He just yeah. moves on. He just yeah, discards them. But he's, uh, but I say, you know, he's always been a big, a big admirer, as we all are, because we all love football. And he is a top class footballer. He's He's got a bit of imagination. He's, he's clever. He's got great awareness. You know, I mean, he sees things. Out there, you know, he's got peripheral vision where you know the ball, ball arrives. I mean, knows where defenders are. He knows where his teammates are. Of course, he scores some terrific goals as well. But there comes a time in everybody's career, uh, Michael, that you've you want to play more, and he's not going to play more. He's not going to play. He's you, you know, look at the guys in front of him and the likes of Olivier and Cham just now is sitting there. Chomping at a bit to get on, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. Celtic have got an embarrassment of riches in certain areas, mm-hmm. and to me, I think at the the, the stages career is at. If you know, again, this is all hypothetical, but if a move comes up uh, and he feels he's going to get regular game time, mm-hmm. then I think it's time um, for the boy himself, you know, to then mm-hmm. go and further his, uh, you know, enjoy his football over the next three or four years and get himself mm-hmm. 150 games because he hasn't done that yet, really, on a regular basis. Right? Can I come back in again? I of course you can. Uh, what I'm saying that see when you look at it, four millions are four millions a good deal for what we paid for him. I think we only paid something like six hundred thousand pounds for him or something seven years ago. Yeah, so, it's, fun, it's funny, Mark, isn't it? You know, at the absolute peak of his powers, you would go four million, not a chance. Yeah, yeah, actually, given where he's at with his availability, it probably is a decent, a decent deal. I, I would say so. You know, and if if, if Rodic allows you to go and buy David Turnbull with a wee bit. Left over, then it makes sense, and 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 I think too that Celtic are getting money. You imagine if he's going to Qatar, if that's where he, he sees his future, he will be going there for plenty. So if he's getting a three-year deal, that that will set him up for the next ten lifetimes. So for everybody, everybody's getting a wee bit, and I think for him to go and play football, I think the time's right, and he can leave Celtic. Brilliant business, five six hundred grand signed by Neil Lennon seven eight years ago. Celtic get a few quid, Rogic lines his pockets and he leaves Celtic Park with his head held high having made a right good contribution over the years yeah Jim there was probably a time where you would say no we can't take the risk because mm-hmm. he's, he's capable of magic and, and we, we might need that is it is it just simply that that time has now passed yeah it looks like it because he's he, I mean obviously in the last while you know pretty much last season as well you know it was only maybe the odd cameo role really and, and as you mentioned earlier on the, the, the real emergence of Ryan Christie yeah. has made it even more difficult and, and in recent games as well Elanoussi's went into a more central role as well and he's obviously scored a couple of goals last night he put him in there against Kilmarnock as well he changed it and put him in there so he's another option in there so it means he's further back in the pecking order Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Thank you very much to Michael. It's time for Beat the Pundit. Don't forget, as soon as we're finished Beat the Pundit, we're going to be speaking to Kieran Tierney on the show. So make sure you join us for that one. Beat the Pundit first, though. 0141 951 1025. Sign ball up for grabs if you can beat Mark or Jim. Give us a call, and uh, it could be you. You have to call before 7 o'clock. Tackle the headlines. 0141951 Play one super scoreboard. Mark Greedy and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We are minutes away from speaking to Kieran Tierney on the show. It's been a busy show, I must say. Celtic through in Europe transfer rumour mill going with Tom Rogic and Ryan Kent linked with moves away from Glasgow. Uh, so if you've got calls on any of the above, feel free to keep them coming in, and we are going to speak to Kieran Tierney as soon as we do this. 
Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Beat the Pundit time, Mark and Jim are ready and one of them is taking on David and it just says on the screen, David, Celtic fan from near Montrose. That right, David? Oh, hey, that's right, it's a wee place called St Cyrus. Ah, there we go. I'll be honest, I've never heard of it, but now I know and I won't forget. So David from St Cyrus near Montrose, he's going to play tonight. Heads, he takes on... Mark Guidi and Tails he takes on Jim Duffy so let's find out and his heads Mark Guidi against David from St Cyrus Mark I will give you some Clyde 2 in your lug and that way you don't know what David is saying David 30 seconds going on the clock head to head with Mark and you can pass that's all you need to know you ready? I'm ready let's do it who scored Celtic's first goal last night? Uh, Julian no which club has Ross McCrory left Rangers for? Aberdeen. Who was appointed Barcelona manager today? Ronald Koeman. Who was the Partick manager immediately before Ian McCall? Alan Archibald. Who won the 1978 oh. World Cup? Argentina. Who left Motherwell for Preston in 2018? Eh, uh, the striker. Uh, Louis Moult. Okay, okay. Right, let's bring Mark back. Mark, can you hear us? Yep, got you Same gone. set of questions to you 30 seconds on the clock Time starts now Who scored Celtic's first goal last night? Uh, Ellen Issy Which club has Ross McCrory left Rangers for? Aberdeen Who was appointed Barcelona manager today? Ronald Koeman Who was the Partick manager immediately before Ian McCall? Uh, Gary Colwell Who won the 1978 World Cup? Uh, Argentina Who left Motherwell for Preston in 2018? Uh, Louis Moult which club does Dick Campbell manage? A broth. Who scored more Scotland goals, James McFadden or Kenny Miller? Kenny Miller. Okay, okay, okay. David, what do you think? What do you think, David? How did it go? Hey, I did okay, but I think he's got me there. He was, um, aye. You know, you did. You, you're right. That's a fair assessment. You did okay, and I think you would have got there both one if you had just got the, you know, got enough time to squeeze it in. We were almost there. Let's find out who scored Celtic's first goal last night. Elian Nussi. You went Julian, unfortunately. David, at which club has Ross McCrory left Rangers for? It's Aberdeen. You both got it. Ronald Coleman to Barca. You both got it. So it's three two to Mark at this point. Uh, who was the Partick manager immediately before? Ian McCall I mean David Allen Archibald was a good shout it's just wrong Gary Caldwell is right so Mark stretches his lead the 78 World Cup though David was Argentina well done you both got it you both knew Louis Moult left Motherwell for Preston so at this point Mark's a couple ahead and unfortunately you ran out of time David so Dick Campbell manages our both and Kenny Miller has scored 18 Scotland goals to James McFadden's 15 so 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 for Mark Weedy 8 out of 8 it's hard to beat that David you did 4 it was perfectly respectable but you met a man in form tonight unlucky David alright thank you very much Good man, David And tomorrow's question Where in Scotland is St Cyrus? I'm going to get that in Question 5 For Gordon DL Can you imagine it? If I said to him now Because I said last week With Benjamin Button If I said it was Cyrus The virus He would probably know who that is I look forward to that Do you know what we were talking about Some of his calamities On Beat the Pundit last night And Roger reminded me And I just lost it for a bit Because Roger reminded me Of the time when he was asked where is Bevis Mugabe from and he said Argentina <laughs> and that just reminded me because Argentina was one of the, <laughs> one of the answers tonight <laughs> I don't know why that one in particular seems funnier than the rest but 
Uh, but it does, right. <laughs> Thank you to David on Beat the Pundit. Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi are here. Still time for you to get your call in. But I am delighted to say we've been joined in the show uh, by Kieran Tierney. Kieran, thanks so much for taking the time. How are you? Oh, good, mate. Thanks for having me. How are you? Well, thank you very much for joining us. I know you're a busy man. In fact, I know you're so busy that you've just finished a, a fairly uh, torturous running session to keep yourself ticking over for the new season. How's it been? It's been good, mate. It's been a short break this year, but to be fair, when I was at Celtic, it, kinda, it was the same time, two or three weeks off, and it prepares you well, so I'm ready to go back on Saturday. Yeah, well, so that, what's the schedule like for you then? So back training on Saturday, you'll have... The Community Shield, the, what, what sort of time frame are we looking at? Uh, we've got that, we've got training Saturday, we'll have a good week's training. Um, we've been working hard the last few weeks, so hopefully fitness hasn't went down too much. Um, build it up and obviously it's a big game to come back in on Saturday and maybe it'll be like a bounce game in between that as well. Has it been good to get a bit of time back up the road? I know you're a bit of a home bird and we'll probably get to that later on, but has it been good to just step away from the madness and, and get back to familiar surroundings? Aye, of course. It's... You look forward to it when you're, you're counting down the days to come back home, back to your family and friends and that. And it's, it's sad leaving. Um, I'm leaving tomorrow and it's, it's something you don't look forward to. But once you're, once you're down there, it's fine. You're back to normal. But it is hard leaving your family and that again. Yeah, and you now join us as an FA Cup winner. So congratulations a couple of weeks on. Just talk us through that achievement and, and how good that felt to get it over the line. Thanks a lot. Um, that's, it was brilliant, to be fair. like it's been It's been a hard year for me in every way possible. And... There was so many things went wrong, so many the doubts in that as well, and just to end the season on that is is the best way I could have imagined it to win silverware again at the end of the season. And it's not just that it qualifies us for Europe as well next year. So for me personally and the team, it was a big achievement. Yeah, I was going to say because it's a pretty good feeling, it's a pretty good achievement regardless. But when you've gone down there, you've moved away from your boyhood club, away from your family, injuries, doubts like you mentioned, to, to then win it on the back of that, just how much did that mean to you? Did you get the chance to kind of reflect on it all? Yeah, it was, it was so special, honestly. Like, as we said, there was so many tough times that year. There was operations, there was doubt, there was there was change of managers. There was so many things and I was thinking, like, this is this is tough, this is hard and on top of home sick, uh, sickness as well. Like, so many things were just going against me. And then all I could do was work hard, work hard and just hope for the best and give them all. And obviously when Arteta came in, it, it changed for me. Like I was injured at the start, but it still looked after me. After lockdown, was, it was probably the best and the most run of games I've played in a year and a half or whatever it is. But just to get game time and to get the winning feeling again was, was honestly amazing. Yeah, what's it been like on the field then? I mean, you mentioned the ups and downs, but, but just generally, now that, now that you're in and you're settled and you're, you're getting a run, how have you f- found it? Uh, brilliant I, I love uh, every single day working under Arteta he's been brilliant to me and he's he's learning me and teaching me so much every single day so as long as I'm learning I'm working hard I'm happy I'm, I'm trying to do what I can and every time he gives me the opportunity on the pitch then I'm just going to do my best to take it and just everybody knows what I'm about like the, down there there's, there's superstars there's amazing amazing players technically like one of the best players in the world but I'm going down there just with the best kind of attitude I can go down with and just give them all People have been obsessed with your position for as long as I can remember because we've got the whole Scotland thing with the left back and, and whatever else but you played in a back three at times I think at Arsenal towards the tail end of the season how, how does that suit you? Is that something that's becoming a bit more comfortable to you? Um, it's something I, I don't mind at all I've played there for Scotland I've played there for Celtic obviously it's just the odd time um, but obviously the managers got enough trust in me and it was big games I was playing it was semi-finals and finals and 
big league games as well. So for him to have the trust in me, it's, it's a big compliment to me. So I just need to take that as well. And I've been out for that long. I'll, I'll honestly play anywhere. I don't mind where I play. I'll, I'll just do anything and do them all for the team. Who's the guy that's impressed you most in the dressing room? I think obviously Obama Yang gets all the, the praise from outside. Who's the who's the sort of best player or the one that caught your eye within your own team? There, there are so many who caught my eye, and obviously every one of them for different reasons on the pitch. But for for reasons off the pitch, it would probably be David Luiz. Like in terms of how he speaks to you, how he coaches you as well. Like he's there and he helps all the young boys and helps me and. He just knows, knows so much about life and so much about football and for me just to go down there and learn off him it's only going to benefit me. Does that sum up the type of guy he is? Because he's obviously had his fair share of, of personal criticism for his performances but to be able to deal with that and help you settle as well does that sum him up? Yeah, I think that shows exactly the kind of guy he is. He, he's not afraid to go out there and take the criticism and take it for the team. Um, he's he's brave. He's a brave person and a brave player and when you're like that you're going to get criticism sometimes so... As I said, to learn off him for me is amazing. Um, as a person, as a player, I'm, ju- I'm just learning every day from all these professionals down here. How have you found the level of opposition? Don't worry, listen, we we love the Scottish Premiership, but y- you don't have to pretend to us that it's not been a slightly more difficult challenge coming up against some of the teams that you have. How how have you found the level? Of course, you're, you're coming up against the best teams in the world, like up there with the best team in the world, and... Every game you're, you're getting challenged to the maximum of your ability and it's it's tough. Like There's not much room for error. And every, as I said, I've said before, like every right winger you're playing against is literally world class. He's a great player. You're coming up against a, a solid right back as well. And if I was playing centre back, you're coming against amazing strikers. So it's tough. Um, but training helps me with that as well because I'm training against quality opposition every single day and that's making me better. And I said that from day one, I'm just, I'm here to learn, I'm here to get better and I'm enjoying every single minute and just need to enjoy the journey. Right, go on then, I'll stick you on the spot. Who's the best you've come up against? If you had to pick one, who's given you the toughest time or who was the best you've come up against? No, a priori. See, he is an absolute <laughs> animal. Um, doesn't matter what you do, where you show him, he's going to get, like, he's going to go down like cross. He's the fastest player, the strongest player. Um, I've came up against and it's it's always a tough challenge playing against them I saw the what is it they've been rubbing baby oil in his arms to stop fullbacks like you grabbing him but I guess you need to get close enough to grab him in the first place uh, exactly that's the that's the biggest problem trying to get close enough to him but as I said that's going to make me better playing against him like there'll be times where he gets by me and I'm going to need to learn from it to try and stop him and the next time and it's it's just everything's learning about learning becoming a better player and as a football player you want to be the best you can be and that's all I'm doing Yeah you mentioned the manager stylistically then how does he compare to other guys that, that you know that you've worked with what does he do differently? I think every manager I've worked with is different in their own ways Um I've worked with four or five managers for a long time and for him it's it's hard to say right now on the spot but we do a lot of video work about ourselves, about the opposition, about the games coming up so we're going into the game knowing exactly how we're going to play. We might have changed the formation from the game before but we're used to the formation because we've worked on it so much, we've done so much analysis on it and we're going into the game feeling comfortable and I think maybe that's one of the biggest strengths we're going out of the game feeling 100% comfortable and 100% belief in what he's told us and what we're training on all week Yeah, have you and him ever got into the whole Celtic Rangers rivalry? <laughs> now and then um, we spoke about the trebles with one <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah it's, obviously it was actually good for me because he understands the Scottish game as well 
and even better he understands the Scottish accent a bit better than most do so <laughs> it was perfect for me that he knew that Yeah I think there'll be some subtitles required at times uh, down there what about uh, your relationship with the fans because that's something that kind of characterised your, your time at Celtic you know people seem to take to you and, and you took to them and now looking at it from afar I'm really starting to see that with I know it's behind closed doors by the way but you know starting to see that relationship building and everyone seems to be appreciating you down there how is how's that feel? It's amazing and I'm not doing anything different I'm just being myself like I'm not trying to be anyone I'm not I'm just Everybody down there, they, they they respect that I'm a Celtic fan as well and everybody at the club does. Like that's never gonna be taken away from me. But I'm playing for Arsenal and I love it. Like I'm I'm loving every single minute of the experience. Everybody at the club's been brought me since day one. Like I've got so much to thank them for and the fans were patient with me when I was injured, like it would be easy just, just to kinda of forget about me, but um, the support they've given me and all I can do is try and return that with good performances and hard work. Yeah, speaking of being yourself, what was in the Tesco bag? <laughs> um, to be honest mate it was chocolate a wee bit of chocolate for after the game a dairy milk you don't go wrong with that um, and boots we had to carry our own boots to the games and I wasn't cleaning mine every day so they, they never smelt the best so I just put them in a Tesco bag you and I are from the same part of the world and I just I, I've had sleepless nights wondering if this means you've turned your back on Mullerwell Asda <laughs> wait I'm actually just going to go down there after this so Nah, as the test, whoever's closest to me then, nah, that's where I'll be. Fair enough. I'm not on a serious note. Like, like you say, you know, you're you're not doing anything different. You're just trying to be yourself, and, and people seem to take to it. I mean, it, I think it sort of summed that up. That picture of you appears. You're making a slightly rude gesture to the camera, but nobody cares. Yeah. Everybody loves it. I can tell the apology. You felt bad. It's gone on Twitter, but people actually like you for it. Is that a case of um, you can take the boy out of your house? That's just your standard pose, really, isn't it? See when somebody throws a camera in front of a bunch of boys when you're younger, it's middle finger. But you don't mean anything by it. It's no anything other than just they're just a daft wee boy at the time, and obviously adrenaline was going through me, and I never thought it would go out. But I, it was quite funny. But obviously, I, I never want anyone to take it the wrong way or that. Uh, some of the things you talk about on this show we'll let Kieran take a breather Jim and Mark are still here of course I will have to get round to a full time teaser uh, for them we're going to talk Celtic and Scottish football with Kieran next Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141-951-1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi still here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard delighted to say we're speaking to Kieran Tierney on tonight's show Kieran we've taken a good look at what's going on at Arsenal let's look back on, on your time at Celtic a bit are you still in touch with any of the guys at the club? I still speak to Bruni most days to be fair Bruni, Cal, Tom um, still a lot of the, the kind of Scottish ones and the main ones that were there when I was there so I speak to them I've still got a group chat and of course, I still speak to like people like Michel Lustig and Johnny Hayes, the ones who have kind of went away as well. So it's good to keep that that group alive. And whenever we're together and we can meet up, we'll do that. But they're, they're kind of like the friends you always have in football. Yeah, hugely significant season for, for Celtic, obviously. How confident are you that they're going to kick on and, and get that 10? Yeah, I'm, I'm very confident in the, in the boys now. I think the winning mentality and what they've done over the last nine years is incredible and for once you can actually talk about winning ten in a row like you're not really allowed to speak about it if you've not won eight or you've not won nine and now it's now it's going to happen now like this is here everybody's excited it's going to be tough there's going to be so many challenges in the way and so many everybody's out to stop you everybody's out to stop Celtic Celtic know that and Celtic just kind of 
rise up to the challenge every time they're asked and I think that's going to be the difference Yeah I know you'll know most of them anyway but who's been catching your eye from afar then now that you're maybe looking at it slightly differently you're looking at it you know, a fan rather than a teammate who's catching your eye? Well I think you now Elianusi has been brilliant I never get a chance to play with him but I was speaking to like Stuart Armstrong about him and Cedric Suarez who signed for us obviously like is a good like I'm buzzing to watch him and so football's a small world you always know someone who knows someone like Ayeti as well who just signed for Celtic he's Granite Xhaka's friend so I was speaking to him like was he like he's a good like I'm like he'll love it up there if he goes and it's just it's a small world and it's just good to see the boys doing well yeah did Xhaka give him a good write up obviously the difficult time at West Ham didn't he you know he's not had the chance to, to play too much yeah yeah she's, she's a great player and I think that's the thing was he's not played too many games to show what he can do and hopefully up here he gets a chance to put some goals away I imagine you caught the game last night Being up the road You'll have played in many of these Kind of nervy You know Qualifiers Were your absolute favourites What did you make of it? Um, I think it was A job well done with Celtic I think Such a professional performance And to score six goals When There's probably questions Being asked the last two weeks Will we be rusty Will we be this Will we be that And Celtic just went Like Don't miss him Do what you do best Scored six goals And I think that's the best way To answer anybody uh, a few whispers today actually um, You know that Tom Rogic I think you mentioned him earlier Might be on his, his way to Qatar Don't worry I, I won't put you on the spot And ask you to tell us an exclusive If it's true um, But h- how good has he been For Celtic Obviously he's maybe not played As many games as he would have liked And as many as other people Would have liked But what type of player has he been? I think he's gave me And the fans A moment That'll be hard to top Ever in our lives Like Invincible treble I think If he just played 20 minutes and scored that goal I want to be a Celtic legend forever and I think he's a Celtic legend um, but on top of that he's an even better guy and just to see him in all the big goals he would score you knew you knew in a Celtic Rangers game he was going to come up with a goal and more than likely it was going to be from outside the box he was going to be a belter so yeah I don't, I don't know what's going to happen I only kind of seen that yeah. half an hour ago whether it is myself but Whatever happens, he's, he's a Celtic legend and he's someone I'll always keep in touch with as well. Yeah, and you're testing my memory here, but did he not replace you in that game when you had the, the famous incident where the tooth gets knocked out and you run off to the dentist and all the rest of it? He, he came on for you, didn't he? So, I mean, he's obviously. It was a fan substitution to bring him on so he could score. Um, that's the best sub of, um, we've ever made. So, he turned a very difficult afternoon into a memorable one for you? Yeah, it's, it just made it worth it to be honest that's all I could say I remember I saying it was worth a broken jaw and that's because of him like he made that moment and I think you see images like Craig Gordon go down on his knees and you see the fans behind him and stuff like that it's priceless like you can't buy that and that will be history for years and like he'll always be remembered for that as well and all the other goals he scored in big games Yeah how, how do you look back on it now Kieran I wonder if you've had the chance to reflect Because the last year's been mental Let's be honest Because you're moving And that would not have been an easy decision for you Then there's all the focus that comes with that And, and dealing with people's reaction You then can't hit the ground running at Arsenal Because of you know injury and so on So how do you now That you've had a bit of time How do you reflect on your time at Celtic? Mm, my time at Celtic was just Amazing Like a dream, I, I've used that plenty of times I'll probably get slated for saying that But uh, that's what it was I, I don't care what anybody says Nobody will be able to take take their years away from me My family Like Every time I stepped out I was so proud My family was so proud Like it's, You can't really put it into words Like It's so good I can, The trophies we won the, the unbeaten run The history we made together Was just something 
it's, it's too good to be true for me. It's something I thought was way beyond my wildest dreams as well. So just to play a small part in that is is amazing for me. I played lots of games for Celtic and I'm grateful for every single thing. I'm grateful for what the fans gave me. And I just can't thank everybody at the club enough. And I mean, the club were on, were on good terms as well. I still speak to everyone from the club and we keep in touch. And it's, it is brilliant and it still, it still feels nice to be able to do that as well. Just thinking about you know what you're saying there about enjoying your time and you know what it meant to you and, and your family. We touched on it a bit earlier on. You, you know you are such a, a kind of home bird and, and you like your surroundings. So that would have been difficult off the field. What, what's it been like? You know because this is a bit I think that, that me and and fans maybe don't see how tough was it to move away. Did you have some pretty low moments within that? Very, very low. probably the lowest in my, in my life to be honest. Like I've been so far in my football career. I had a few injuries and that's fine. Everybody does that. I came back, but. To be away from home and have your injuries and not not playing and the manager switching, there's so on so much uncertainty. Like you're thinking to yourself, what's happening here? Will I get a chance? Like, what do I need to do? And it's as hard as hard as days of my life. But I've got my family, I've got my friends who get me through times like that, and I can't thank them enough. And I just well, if you went to them as well, I wouldn't be here today without them. So, like, I was, I've seen Elliot, my mum and dad, they deserve, they deserve all this more than I do. Like, they've worked and they've given me everything all my life. So, just to give them something back. And I, I FaceTimed them after the FA Cup final. Like, we're all crying together because we know what we've been through. Like, we've been through everything together and all the doubts and so many people writing us off. And just to come back and win that was, was special. It must be nice. See, you mentioned, you know, being able to repay them. You're, you're now, you're at the the elite level you know the, the, the top level really of, of of world football and with that comes nice privileges it must be nice to be able to to give something back yeah I think that's in any kind of kids dream like in their life it's their dream to look after their mum and dad and I'm able to do that and it's just as I said I think it's too good to be true like sometimes if I sat and thought about it it would, it would blow my mind probably be too overwhelming but just the position I'm in and it's, it's for them and it's because of them so yeah I'm, I'm so happy I'm in a privileged position and I'm grateful for it every single day I don't I don't take one second it for granted um, not at all so I'm just I'm just lucky yeah. yeah I mean you're talking about you know being sort of homesick and, and struggling to adapt because you don't come across as the, the type who would be lured in by the bright lights of London what on earth do you do with your time? Um, PlayStation um, <laughs> and Tesco simple as that <laughs> <laughs> I go to Tesco, buy my salmon, I'll come back, PlayStation and to be fair, I know that sounds silly, but see the PlayStation, you're on it with your mates from back here. So it it makes you feel a bit more as if you're home and you're with them and you're together. But yeah, I don't I don't do it too much to be fair, maybe go for a bit of scram now and then and but London is, is mental, it's a bit busy for me compared to tomorrow. <laughs> Just before we let you go then we'll look forward, Kieran, because it's it's weird this year, isn't it? You John McGinn, Scott McTominay, whoever it may be, the guys that are playing down south, you, you've had a bit of a, a, a break at a different time from the guys up here. And we've actually got Scotland games coming round pretty soon. Are you going to be raring to go for them? Yeah, I'm looking forward to them, they're big games. And it's it's been a while since I've played as well. Um, always something happens, like I think it was my shoulder the last time and my groins for the last hour before that. So hopefully all going well. We got a f- I got a few good weeks of training, a good few games in and Hopefully I'm ready and I'm, if I'm selected, I'll be ready. Kieran, top man, really, really appreciate you taking the time to join us tonight and uh, we wish you well for the season ahead. 
Thanks very much And last I'll give a shout out To my dad Because he listens to us Every single night <laughs> So there you go Mick Thanks to Kieran and hello to Mick if he's listening. Uh, there's still time for you to get a call in 01419511025. Um, Mark, l- listen, I'm not naive enough to to forget that, that this is Glasgow and people have their, their rivalries, but if you can sort of push that aside, it still remains one of the prominent stories to come out of Scottish football in the last decade. Kieran Tierney going to Arsenal. Well, just, just everything really, you know, the rise. Aye, aye, the... Brilliant, and, and just a good, uh, you know, a good boy first and foremost. I remember him winning the. The Football Writers um, Play of the Year uh, Awards a, um, a few years ago I think he won it twice Actually two, two in a row And he was brilliant He was, he was a nice kid and, and I can remember him And um, He was you know, I don't like these fancy dinners just, I'd, I'd rather just have Chicken nuggets and chips You know <laughs> And he was so Down to earth um, A brilliant left back Conducted himself Very well Delighted it's all Worked out from You can see um, How he's progressed I, I think Arteta and Ivan Has been great from Nice to hear that They've had a wee bit of banter together The Celtic and Rangers I think they've both been in treble Winning uh, teams uh, Arteta for Rangers in 2003 And you even look at the way The English media have taken to him As well You know He, he gets highlighted And it's, it's a wee bit Unfortunate for him That he's, he's very much in the shadow uh, of, of Andy Robertson Because he's playing for the Premier League Champions He's got so many assists But you even see the ball The way that uh, Clearly Tierney is trusted to follow tactical instructions like the cup final where they've clearly identified balls in behind the Aspilicueta mm-hmm. and different things like that so listen first of all thoroughly enjoyed the interview I thought he spoke very well you can see he's he's matured as well Gordon just on the, the, the telephone there um, with you still down to earth great he's back up the road to visit his, his friends and his family he's still got a love for Celtic still in touch um, with the club and I wish him Every success because he, he also has had had low points, and as we all know, guys in football doesn't matter if you're earning 50, 60, 70 grand a week. If you're not playing, and for a guy like Kieran Tierney, that would have been really hurting him um, badly. And great to see him back. And I hope that that moving forward, um, him finding a role in the left hand side of a three could be the one that just that, that makes Steve Clark try and go to that formation because for me, you need to find a way to get mm. Tierney and Robertson both world class players. We're going to get back to that But I just want to give you Your full time teaser Because it's a bit later than usual But you'll, you'll accept my apologies I'm sure You always do uh, Thanks to Mark O'Brien For sending it in And if you want to follow Mark's example It's fulltime at Clyde1.com Mark says Alongside Andy Robertson And Harry Kane Can you name the nine players Who made more than 15 English Premier League appearances Last season And are their national team's captain I'll read that again Alongside Andy Robertson and Harry Kane Can you name the nine other players Who made more than 15 English Premier League appearances last season And are their national team's captain Any that spring to mind I'll take one each Hugo Lloris, France Yes Yes, well done, Jim Aubameyang Can you name the country? I think it's Gabon It is Gabon Knows his stuff, Jim Duffy, right? Aubameyang, Lloris, Mark Hey, what about El Mohammed Aston Villa in Egypt? No, no, he's not the captain. I don't think. Is it Salah then? It's not either. No. All oh, right. Okay. What about Seamus Coleman? Is that Ireland? It is right. We'll leave it there. That's three of nine: Coleman, Obama Yang, and Loris. We're looking for alongside Andy Robertson and Harry Kane, the nine others who made fifteen English Premier League appearances or more last season, and are their national team's current captain. We'll leave it there. Uh, let's speak to Wayne, who is calling in from Motherwell tonight. Hi, Wayne. Hi guys, how you doing? You alright? Not bad at all, how are you? Are you well? Yeah, I'm good, thank good. you, I'm good um, I was just driving up, um, just giving a wee call I was just driving up, picking my wife up there from work And just listening to Kieran Tierney on 
radio and um, I just think for every young kind of you know footballer that's coming up and is listening to the radio tonight that it's a a great way to present yourself, not even like just on the part, but just how they came across there. And you know, he's still a lovely wee lad. Is you know, playing the PlayStation, going to Tesco. You know, <laughs> regardless of saying the amount of money that he made him um, on a weekly basis, he's still uh, to me seems quite grounded. Um, by the way, I'm not a Hearts. Uh, sorry, I'm not a Rangers or a Celtic fan, but I was just, I was just quite annoyed because um, I, I think Andy Robertson comes over the same. I think the boys down there when they go really do live up to the actual Scottish roots and they love playing football instead of going down there to me sometimes it's a mm-hmm. people look at like wages might turn their head I think the boys that have been down there recently has been their quality hasn't really been down to money even though that does help but mm-hmm. um, yeah I was I just think that was a tremendous tremendous wee kind of uh, 20 minutes I just heard there so I just saw a gap yeah and that's that's the thing Jim again I, I'll repeat it I know that some people in this part of the world can't put team rivalry to one side fine that, that's that's our currency at times so that's that's not a problem um, but, but for other people and Wayne's a Hearts fan and he's calling in it's just good to see people who go and do the country proud down there. Yeah, and all credit to their parents as well, you know, because they're upbringing. You know, if you if you bring your your, your kids up like that, and 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 uh, obviously I, I know Andy Robertson's parents as well, the same. And and I think that that's what gives you your grounding in life. It keeps your feet in the ground. You know, you you, you appreciate what comes your way, but you, it only comes your way first and foremost through talent, and then secondly through hard work. You know, you don't just you know it's not given to you. And, and I think Wayne's right. I think that, you know, these type of guys and, and Kieran coming across here so well, uh, you know, uh, they, they are, you know, inspirational for young people. You know, to say, listen, this can be achieved. I came from a, a very working class background, not to, to, you know, people weren't handing me everything. You know, I had to earn, I had to roll my sleeves up and really go for it. You need a wee break along the way, of course you do. Uh, and there'll be a few setbacks. We know that um, Andy Robertson was let go from Celtic, he was a big Celtic fan, but let go. Mm-hmm. Went to Queen's Park, then the United so on and so forth Kieran as he said he's been down the arse was there a lot of injury problems couldn't quite get a run, run a game the team was a bit inconsistent the manager changed but then just managed to get himself in there and then playing that left sided role listen Arsenal's fortunes changed dramatically when he went and it cannot be underestimated how yeah. important he was when he went that that because he's a proper defender and Arsenal needed a proper defender so they, their performances changed the, the results changed and a lot to do with Kieran Tierney. Not everything we understand that. Listen, I've got some superstar players, but but a big he was a big big help. And you know, being honest and saying things like I was homesick when I get down. People don't realise how, if you want to call it, unforgiving London can be at times. It's a you know it's such a huge place, and you know and you can get swamped. So for him to again admit that, I think these things are all really important because again it sends out really positive messages to young people, listen, you know, you can overcome it, you can stick in and you can get there eventually in the end and, and listen, you know, we're absolutely thrilled um, that there's another young Scott doing so well down there. I mean, Wayne, even just from, from the country's perspective, he was talking there at the end about being, kind of, you know, raring to go. He's not played a lot for Scotland because of the injuries. So, yeah, I know how do we fit them in, but it's good to have the option, isn't it? Exactly. Um, it's really exciting now when you actually look at the Premier League and the whole down in England, You've got McBurney. He was starting to come on to a game well at Sheffield United. McTominay's just coming back at, at United. But even when Paul Gore wasn't there, you know, he was kind of filling in before he got his injury. So I'm I'm looking forward to the young Scots boys, just in general, the ones that are like, playing a high class of football. I really want them to kind of come now in jail. And I know sometimes we get some places, I know there's a majority of the Celtic team now, you know, and they'll make it pulled down there like uh, Calum, uh, Calum, I can't think he's saying him, Calum. 
Callum McGregor. Yeah. Uh, McGregor you put in there Forrest Mine got our call up. So I know there's the young Scottish boys up here, which is good to still have because then you know the Scottish game kinda they might rub back off on uh, sometimes when they go down south and maybe they're kind of pretty side. So um, I just want a good team to gel and I just want Clark to maybe get a team that's hungry again um, and want to perform uh, for themselves as well, yeah. just not even for the fans, but just to actually put the shirt on and go, do you know what? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting few weeks, that's for sure. And uh, UEFA confirming today that despite our hopes about a test event for the Israel game, there will be no fans inside Hamden. So maybe not a huge surprise, but I know there was a hope there. And Mark, just thinking back to you know Wayne, he's a Harps fan and he's he's just been taken in by by sort of listening to, to Kieran Tierney and the, the way he goes about things. Even for a player to be comfortable enough to come on. A radio show that has as many listeners as this one does, and you know, talk about being in tears with his parents on FaceTime after the FA Cup final, you know, and, yeah. and talking about the lowest moment of his life, you know, moving to London and mm-hmm. really opening up like that. That is is great to see that side of people because we don't do it. We just look at the performances in the pitch and we tend to forget about everything else. Yeah, it was nice to hear him uh, opening up. You know, a wee insight too, and his Arsenal. Teammates, you know how David Louise has been a big influence on off 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 the pack, you know, helping him to settle and good fun and helping his game. Um so yeah, it, it was a good insight. And you know, like I say, Murder when your parents as well and, and you know, you forget that Kiernan is just a boy and he's and his parents are saying to him as he leaves home to to head down to, to, to London, as Jim says. Jim's li- lived in London. Um it is a big place and the big thing for Kieran Tierney would have been Despite the fact that we know he's a quality player, he's walking in there and he has to prove himself yeah. to that Arsenal squad every day. And that would have been a difficult task. Thank you to Wayne in Motherwell. We're going to get to Paul in the East End as soon as we can. Quickly though, the teaser, alongside Andy Robertson and Harry Kane, who are the nine others who've made 15, uh, more than 15 English Premier League appearances last season and are their national team's current captain. You've got Coleman, Seamus Coleman, Aubameyang, Hugo Lloris, one more each. I'll try a goalkeeper, Fabianski. Nope, Mark Guidi. Casper uh, Schmeichel, Leicester, Denmark. No, we'll get the rest of the answers and we'll speak to Paul in the East End. He's got Ryan Kent on his mind. We'll speak to him next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Guidi's here. Jim Duffy's alongside him. We're about to speak to Paul in the East End. Let's revisit tonight's teaser quickly. Good response to this one. I must say uh, thank you to Mark O'Brien for sending in full time at Clyde One.com. That's the address to send your questions. He says alongside Andy Robertson and Harry Kane, who are the nine others who made more than 15 English Premier League appearances last season and are their national team's current captain. So you've got Seamus Coleman, you've got Obama Yang, and you've got Hugo Lloris. Um, definitely some, some good responses coming in. On, I mean, Ian Beattie, for instance, has thrown, he's got Coleman. He's got one that you've not got yet, which I'm surprised you've not got yet. Virgil van Dijk one. Ah, that's the one. That's the one he's got. It's Virgil van Dijk. And I'll, I'll help you along. Ian wants to help you along. He's obviously, go, he's also gone for... Christian Pulisic yeah. which actually sounded yeah, good to me oh, and I, I went and looked it up but according to the ever reliable uh, Wikipedia mm-hmm. Will Trapp has worn the armband in the last few yeah, uh, right. I don't know maybe there's a stewards inquiry to be had but he's not uh, on this list anyway is David De Gea Spain no what about Lovering at Liverpool as well no I'll tell you I'll give you some more clues Christopher Wren's gone for the likes of Matic which is not right he's gone no. but he's got another one right Milojevic um, at Crystal Palace no uh, I think it's Steve Davis, but I'll throw it. Is it Johnny Evans, Northern Ireland? 
No, I'm afraid no, not. Right, we'll leave it there because so. Paul's been hanging on for ages. Okay. Paul, my apologies. What's on your mind tonight? Good evening, Paul. Thanks very much for having me on. I actually phoned, I think it was just uh, maybe a year ago when Ryan Kent first got signed. And uh, I spoke to the panel then and I, I, I tried to make the point that I thought it was a complete waste of money. Basically, Rangers needed to strengthen the front line. The point I tried to make was if um, Morelos or Defoe got injured, they had nobody up front. I couldn't understand why they spent seven million quid on another midfielder. And now you look where they are. They're chasing down 10 in a row or trying to stop that. And uh, Defoe's injured. Morelos looks unfit. And uh, Ryan Kett's no kicking the ball. So as far as I'm concerned, if there's an offer in for him, 10 million, even... Eight million or seven million, I think they should take the money. You look at young boy like Hadji, get him in for five. One or two more players like that, they're going to lighten up the Rangers' performance mm. teams. But when you look look at the way Rangers played against Leverkusen over there, they had nothing. It was the same old Rangers, last year's Rangers, the years the year before Rangers. Quite a tough school comparing them to buy a Leverkusen, though, Paul, is it not? If that's the best they've got. They're not going to do anything this season, mm. and that was my point. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'll repeat that to you, Jim. I think it's um, whether we should base it around Rangers' ability to damage by Leverkusen or not. That's a, a different matter. What do you make of Paul's wider point? Yeah, I mean, again, that's what the platform's about. You know, Gordon people having opinions, and everyone's got you know the the different reasons for it. You know, but again. You know, no one could foresee, for instance, Jermaine Defoe being injured and, and obviously Rangers wanted more competition up front. I think that was certainly evident from last season, uh, particularly, you know, when, when both, you know, when, when Morelos was either injured or, or, or missing through suspension. Then Defoe gets injured and you're thinking, and I think, you know, they're thinking, well, who do we put up front? I think they put Greg Stewart up front a couple of times. So they needed more competition and more options up the top of the pitch. Absolutely. And they also wanted their centre-back in, which they brought in, uh, Balagon, and he, he looks decent and uh, obviously he, he he wasn't available for that. So, you know, they, you, you can't cover everything. But, you know, the, I do agree that sometimes, um, you know, certain players in certain games... You know, they, they, they've maybe not delivered enough at times. But for me, Ryan Kent is, has potential. And I, and I keep saying that. But we're, we're mentioning over time, you know, we, we had a, a, a big, fantastic interview there with uh, Kieran Tierney. And we're talking about players going away and being homesick and all the things that can affect them. And I think sometimes we forget that these guys are young coming to Scotland. It's a different game, a different environment, away from their family, away from their friends. It sometimes takes a little bit longer than a couple of weeks it doesn't matter how much money mm. somebody's thrown at you so I think we have to give them a little bit more time and also the demands of winning every game Ryan Kent went from being a player playing in reserve football <laughs> to a certain extent to coming to play for Rangers mm -hmm. where you know he's up expectation against, yeah, through the roof yeah. you must perform week in week out he was still learning the game to, to play if you want to call it adult football so I think he needs a little bit this season's a big season for him I think he, you know he has to learn from last season but I still think he has to be given a little mm. bit of leeway in terms of what he can achieve and, or the possibility of what he, can, he might achieve Paul I'm just thinking back to some of the figures that, that you banded about there you, you even referenced I think the 7 million now bearing in mind that's what Rangers paid for him and I, I get it that, that you don't think it was worthwhile but Presumably Steven Gerrard sort of does because he, he plays every week. He, he very rarely misses out. There's no chance Rangers are letting him go without making a profit, surely? Well, I At think um, 
Liverpool players, probably the good ones go for 10 or 20 million quid. The ones that are only going to get in the first team. When you look at what Hadji cost Rangers, 5 million. And what's Ryan Kent cost? Hadji has lit up the park the time he's been on. And that, that is a young boy. I have to be honest with you, Paul, I disagree with you. I think Hadji's done okay. But he's got a lot more to prove as well. Similar to Ryan Kent. underproduced for too long. He's had a season and a half. He's done nothing. He was falling over the ball against Leverkusen. And I think if we get 10 million for him against Leeds, let's take it. I mean, Paul's comparison there, Mark, is that 7 million is poor value for, for Ryan Kent, but 5 million is brilliant value for Hadji. Would you subscribe to that at this moment in time? Uh, I think Hadji's still got a bit to go. He's got a lot of potential. And, and you know, I can see Hadji. Um, turning into a, a, a ten million quid player, you know, for Rangers, um, but he's got to, he's got to do that in the European scene. That's where the the, the market really uh, goes up. I wouldn't agree with Paul. That I, I would take seven million or eight million for um, for Ryan Kent. I can understand Paul's frustrations because you look at the stats. The stats weren't great for uh, Ryan Kent last season in terms of goals and assists. But then you've got other, other Rangers fans coming saying, but he brings much more uh, than, than than stats. But then you look at, I mean. Paul singling out the Bayer Leverkusen game away from home, which I think is unfair too. Because then you, you can draw a comparison and look at the, the composure for his finish um, against Aberdeen. So he's one that does split opinion, but ultimately it's down to three people, or well four. It's down to the Rangers board, Leeds United, Ryan Kent, and Steven Gerrard. And, you know, if they can all agree something, whether it's well, he stays or he goes, but he would be, for me, an absolute, absolute minimum. 10 million quid but I think Rangers would want more and rightly so Paul what about the bigger picture in terms of what else Rangers might need to do or might want to do in, in the remainder of the window what, what are your thoughts on that can I just say, can I just say that I totally respect Jim Duffy's uh, opinion because he's had a fantastic career in football but you don't sign a 7 million football player like Ryan Kent to score goals against Aberdeen you score goals you sign a 7 million pound player like Ryan Kent to score goals in Europe in the Europa League because that's our level and he's not done that. He's I think you do it. To, you know, you I sign him. Sorry, Paul. Paul, I, I get that, but don't dismiss the league for two reasons. A, you're trying to last season stop nine in a row. This season stop ten in a row. Which whether it's important to you or not, but I think for most supporters on either side, it's important. And B. Um, you need to win the league because in order to win the league you get a crack at the Champions League, which gets you twenty five million quid guaranteed. And also, if a Kent, a player like Kent, does it in the Champions League. He goes from being a 10, 12 million pound player to a 16, 18, 20 million pound player as some of the transfers that Celtic have had will testify to that. Paul, did Ryan Kent not score the winner in Braga to get Rangers through to that stage of the Europa League? The qualifier? No, no, Braga. The game before by Leverkusen. Did he? Yes, I think I so. I don't remember. But is that all? He, as far as I'm concerned, that's all he's done, and that's not enough for seven million quid. For seven million quid in Scotland, I would expect a midfielder to be scoring ten to fifteen goals a year. Okay, well, time will tell. Thank you very much, Paul, in the East End. What about Scott and Kirk and Tillich? Hi, Scott. Hi, good evening, panel. Uh, I've not been on for a while, but I had to come on. The guy Paul in front of me, I do not know what he's talking about. Um, Rangers fans coming on, especially this guy Paul. He would sell Kent for seven million. He's having an absolute laugh. I'll tell you this right now: Kent is not going anywhere unless somebody's going to come in at about fourteen, fifteen. So I don't know. And that other guy, he's just rattled me, telling me that Hadji's a better player than Kent. Has he seen Hadji? Hadji's not kicked a ball in the last four games. 
Plans for games. So really just to come on, I, I know it's all about opinions, but I'm rattled when I hear some of these Rangers fans saying that they sell Kent for £7 million. You must be joking. Kent's not going anywhere. He's not, and, and Gerard's not selling them. The only way you sell them is, is if they put in an offer you can't refuse. So this £10 million is absolutely no chance. He's going for, if he's going to go for him, it's going to be for 15 But I don't believe he's going at all. That guy's rattled me £7 million. He's having a laugh. I think you agreed with the well I'm not saying you rattled Mark Guidi but you agreed with that sentiment 10 million yeah I mean it's good money but it's not it's not bite your hand off money considering you, you paid 7 yeah. I think 10 10 gets you interested I'm not saying you sell for 10 but it gets you 7 you just dismiss out of hand but 10 right okay because if you're starting at 10 you, you'll think we'll get him at 12, 14 we'll get add on providing the guy providing Kent wants to go that is but at some point but bearing in mind the amount of money that Rangers have spent this summer and I have spent previously at some point they, they need to sell an asset and if it's not going to be Ellis and it's going to be Kent um, it's not that Stephen Gerrard wants to lose someone at Kent but sometimes mm. the board force their hand because you need to balance the book Is he a key part of what you think Rangers will be doing this season Scott? Ryan Kent absolutely I think you remember me in the panel before I'm, I'm no longer Ellis fan um, I actually think we're in big trouble I know I'm changing the subject a bit here We're in big trouble with Morelis Because nobody wants Morelis And we're stuck with Morelis and, 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 and I think we're going to really struggle For anybody to buy him But no, Kent's not going anywhere And I'm pretty sure uh, If anybody wants to put the question to, to Stephen Gerrard He'll tell anybody Any bidder If they want them they'll need to pay Triple that money No 7 million no 10 million it's not I'm pretty sure Stephen Gerrard will be asked in the coming days and if you want to hear his answer you can do it right here we'll bring you either tomorrow or Friday night I've not looked at my diary I can't remember when uh, the press conference is going to be but within the next couple of days uh, just whilst we're on the, the subject of transfer business and attacking players Lyndon Dykes is now a QPR player they've given him the number 9 Jim mm-hmm. somewhere in the region of £2 million has, uh, have Livy got themselves a good deal? I think it's a fantastic deal for Livingston and, and you know no disrespect to Lyndon Dykes but I think he, he's, he's a player who's still got an awful lot to prove uh, he had you know f- a few good games against you know pretty much the old firm uh, obviously notably you know Julian and and then I think against Rangers the, you know a few weeks later I know obviously these high profile games have helped him but for me, you know, at £2 million, uh, I, th- I think Livingston will be absolutely thrilled with that. You know, I mean, again, uh, they got the boy from nothing, from Queen of the South. Uh, I know Queen of the South, I think I've got a percentage of it, and they'll be absolutely delighted, particularly now, you know, where the, the fact is that, you know, they've no, no any supporters in, and uh, that, that'll not be the case for, for, for the, you know, foreseeable. So I think it's, it's great for Queen of the South, great for Livingston, and a phenomenal move. For, for Lyndon Dykes so good luck to him and, and listen again he's another young player that's coming down and we know he's not technically Scottish yet you know but uh, you know he's, he's coming down from our game so we want him to do well yeah. because you know it definitely helps uh, any any player leaving here going down definitely helps um, you know the, the you know people's perspective uh, sorry perception of the game Mark yeah for, for Livingston to bring a player in for for next to nothing that they sell at that kind of money um, is brilliant it's great for the Scottish game as well because you see we're not selling our players in the cheap so for your, your Hamilton Ackies your, your Mother Wells your St Johnstons your Ross Counties if they've got really good players well, we're not selling for three, four, five hundred grand 
the bar's been set higher and even more so as Jim says here if Lyndon Dykes goes down and becomes a success and you look at Lyle Taylor who was at Party mm-hmm, Thistle yeah. a few years ago things like that so yeah you hope that he does well and uh, I'd like to think in the championship we'll do a turn for Mark Warburton's team Confirmed Celtic will play Ferenc Varos next week after they defeated Jurgarden. I think it was 2-0 um, on the night so the Hungarians defeated the Swedish champions and that's who Celtic will face next I think it'll be a big step up you know from, from Ricky you know, there's no doubt about that I mean obviously the Hungarian are the Hungarian champions yes yeah. so I, I, you know I think that yeah, we, you understand it's not brilliant but I think a big big jump ok we'll have to leave that one there probably one for tomorrow night's show because you've still got work to do on this teaser alongside Andy Robertson and Harry Kane the nine others who made more than 15 English Premier League appearances last season and are their national team captain a I don't know a wild guess Matt Ryan Australia no um, he's not the official team captain apparently according is, to Mark is the Australian captain is, no, Yedinick no forget Australia Yedinick right. no forget Australia right um, Kieran Tierney mentioned Bert, one of them Bertongen nope Tierney mentioned Ruiz? nope another one who told him about a Yeti no. who might have told him about a Yeti um, oh a West Ham Swiss it? captain oh well, that's what I said to you the Arsenal Oh, okay. I'm just going to say the boy that fell out with the fans. Yes. Who might the, the Guinea captain be at Liverpool? The Guinea captain? Mm-hmm. Well, there's loads to get through. Yeah, uh, no, no. Um, um, I'll need to put you out of your misery, but we're Matip. out of time. Keita. Naby Keita. Oh, uh, right, what about Algeria? Man City used to be at Leicester. Oh, Mares. Oh, Mares. Yep. Yeah, that's right, Mares. South Korea? Son? Yep. Oh, brilliant. Young Man's Son at Tottenham. And the last one, quite tricky Ivory Coast. Wilfred Zaha? No, Tottenham. Uh, Dembele? Yeah. Nope. Uh, we'll do the old initials, will I? Like Hugh Keevans likes. Okay. S A. Serge Aurier Serge Aurier Thank you very much Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy Thank you to Kieran Tierney for joining us tonight as well If you want to hear that full interview you can do so on the podcast Back tomorrow at 6 with Gordon and Mark and Callum Gallagher is up next